Hi, today is February 21st, I think? Yeah, February 21st, 2024. I'm Tadagasa. This is Mopi's Podcast 498. And I am with um, a very special guest, Edwin uh, um, Margolis. Uh, we'll just call him Ed, if that's okay with you, Ed. I haven't seen him in person since the 1990s, maybe 2000. So it's been a little while. <laughs> okay, so... The reason I wanted to catch up with him was I've been trying to catch up with old acquaintances and friends. And um, I, I noticed that his company just merged with another company. So I wanted to talk to him about that and uh, and a bunch of other stuff in the you know the little time we have here. He's a very busy guy. So, Ed, you were with this company or you are with this company called Trio, T-H-R-I-O. And you were acquired by Nextiva. Is that correct? Or is it a merger? Yeah, well, you know, it's that's a provocative question because <laughs> in the press... You know, the word acquisition is used yeah. in the parlance of the company itself, that is Nextiva, when you ask the CEO of Nextiva, Thomas Gorney, to describe the transaction, he explains it as a merger where, you know, Nextiva, who has you know, a million users, wow. you know, 100,000 business customers, and, you know, just, just a, a lot of presence. I mean, they've been doing this uh, since, you know, 2006 or so. Um, you know, his description is that it's a merger because what they're bringing to the table is access to market because of their incredible market presence. Mm -hmm. And what 3O is bringing to the table is um, a very powerful and very modern tech stack. And that is the horse that, you know, we're both going to be riding into the future, into this thing we call CX or journey orchestration. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we're all about. We're about understanding customer journeys and trying to uh, wrestle them to the ground using human beings and also machinery, AI, in order to you know optimize these journeys and, and make them uh, as virtuous as possible. And, and, that's and these customer journeys are like uh, customer contact in various ways, that sort of thing? Well, you know, that's who was provocative because, <laughs> you know, it's the traditional way of looking at a customer journey is, yeah. you know, someone calls on the phone. Right. They encounter interactive voice response system. Yeah, yeah. It hits some buttons or speak, and then it routes into a, a correctly skilled, uh, skilled agent. But we're going beyond that now. I mean, we're 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 looking at a journey kind of as a uh, a snake with a segmented tail. You know, each segment of the journey has its own intelligence, its own context, and and the journey orchestration is about stringing together multiple transactions that make up an entire journey, right? So a journey might start with scanning a QR code on a poster and then having a conversation with a bot. And then when you get stuck or if you get stuck, it'll be able to ask for help and then be escalated to a live person. And then a live person can then intervene and help you and get knowledge base articles and push them to you and then pass you back to the bot, you know, so that you, know, you come full circle like a, since we're talking about snakes, snaking its tail. <laughs> so, you know, journeys don't have to be rigidly defined. They just need a very modern, modular, and decomposable platform yeah. so that you could enter a journey and exit a journey, you know, at, at, at different spots, regardless of modality. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I certainly don't have the experience you do in this area, but I know that during the, uh, during the pandemic, when we were implementing the technology to handle people coming to Hawaii via this safe travel system. Um, we use Google, uh, Google Contact Center AI, 
And uh, it was really interesting to see how things had progressed you know, in the years since I had left that that discipline. Uh, yes, yeah, certainly very different. Yeah. I mean, now it's routine to be able to um, look at what the customer's saying on your screen from a real-time transcription. Right. And then using, you can use generative AI to summarize the discussion, which saves agents a good minute and a half at least yeah. in typing up a summary and then automatically update the CRM with that. I mean, there's it, it, there's been some leapfrogs over the past couple of years. Yeah, it's very interesting what's, what's happening. Yeah. I mean, over the decades, um, this thing called computer telephony or this thing called, you know, customer experience has, has changed radically. Um, it's evolved. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, it certainly was exciting to see this, this synergy occurring between your two companies. I'll use that as hopefully a non-provocative word. Uh, yeah, well, it, it's funny because I was, uh, in fact, I was sharing um, with with a couple of friends in the industry earlier that during the due diligence process, as we were kind of looking at each other, figuring out when this merger was going to happen, um, I was asked to get up in front of the senior leadership team at Nextiva and share our business plan, right. our vision. And in doing that, um, you know, I was articulating how we wanted to change the crown rules, much like Southwest Airlines did. You know, when they decided, you know what, well, we're going to throw out software that does see assignments. It's it's bulky, it's time consuming. We're just we're going to do it a different way, and we're also going to allow the flight attendants to clean the plane afterwards or provision the plane food instead of having three different crews do that. The whole idea would be, in terms of changing the ground rules, keeping the metal in the air, keeping the airplanes. Uh, working, not sitting on the ground, right? So anyway, so <laughs> and the story goes, I was telling the story, and Thomas Gordon, uh, who's the CEO of Nestiva, he was bright-eyed, and his eyes were bugging <laughs> out, saying, this is fantastic. He goes, you're not going to believe this. Wait a minute, wait a minute, let me grab my PC. And he grabbed <laughs> his PC, and he plunged it into the projector, and he and he pulled up the slide that was the exact same slide. Oh, wow. Ju- juxtaposing the disruptive changing the ground rules ideas. Yeah. That was Steve, one of the pioneers in VoIP networking. And then he too, you know, fancied himself as, you know, a follower of that, you know, keep the planes in the air mantra. And uh, we just had a good laugh over that, but it, it showed that we were really birds of a feather. That's awesome. That's from the birds and airplanes. Yeah. Things, right? so, yeah. <laughs> That's that. That that is terrific, and you know, I, I, as I noted, uh, I know we're kind of you've got pretty short on time, and we had a little bit of a technical difficulty to get started, but uh, on my side, I should say, um, I, you know, it, we've we've known each other like nearly thirty years, I think. I think we're coming up on thirty years this year, maybe. Uh, when I first met you at a computer telephony conference in Dallas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Computer Celeste Expo, yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I just wanted to kind of get your three-minute, five-minute view of, like, it's it's mind-blowing to me where we've come since we saw those little voice modems and dialogic boards and, you know, the beginnings of the ATM networks and things and even the EIN stuff. And now where we are is just amazing to me. Uh, having you know, Before I retired, I transitioned our department from a legacy centric system to Microsoft Teams uh, voice. And it was just, just an amazing, amazing thing to, to witness. And everybody couldn't understand why I was so excited. <laughs> well, you know, I think, you know, what's happened is, well, we didn't just going back to the turn of the century, which, you know, was yeah. quite three years ago. Um, 
the the normal thing to do in terms of telecommunications and computer telephony and contact center was you would buy a uh, kind of a baseline voice switch, yep. right? A PBX or an ACB. And then what you would do is is you would get these highly specialized applications. At the time, they were highly specialized anyway. A chat system, an email system, you know, email system that you know, maybe responded to you know, class, classifications in terms of AI. I mean, we had AI back into telephony at work with, uh, at the turn of the century. That's right. With our email system. You know, so AI is not new and neither is email. But what, what was data rigueur was that there was separate siloed systems for each function, right? So the, I think the biggest thing that has changed is kind of the confluence of these heretofore siloed systems, chat, social, email, uh, you know, telephony into a more of a blended kind of platform. Uh, in order and in order to do that, you really can't. It, it's not optimal to hard code all of that, right? So, you know, what what has really evolved over the decades is is kind of a more of a modular, um, decomposable approach. Where instead of having separate siloed systems, now those functions are manifest in a microservice. And those microservices are being orchestrated by orchestrators such as Kubernetes, right? And they're communicating back and forth with one another over some kind of messaging bus, whether it's WabbitMQ or Tibco or mm -hmm. or uh, Costco, you know. So so that you know these formerly siloed functions are more homogeneous. So the homogeneity of these formerly you know siloed functions with with separate vendors for each one, that's kind of that's so 1999, right? <laughs> it's kind of fallen out of favor. But unfortunately, in terms of the evolution thing, um, there's still a lot of companies that are holding on to these old siloed, you know, segmented systems that every time one of them changes, they have to reintegrate and retest everything. Yes. It's just, it's just a mess. And believe it or not, you know, people are hanging on to systems that are 20 years old that represent that old model. Now, the new model in terms of this evolution is not just to, uh, to, homologate all these different services, but also to do it so that it's not hardware sitting behind your sidewall. Yeah. So, you know, I reckon we're probably around 25% penetration into customer premises equipment. Well, a lot of the things that I'm talking about are now cloud-based. We're using virtual servers, you're using, you know, VMware and stuff like that so that, you know, you don't have to be weighed down, you know, at the enterprise level with with all this wrangling of, of hardware right so the other thing that has helped with this this so-called evolution is kind of the idea of staying ahead of war's law right where every 18 months the chips are twice as fast and twice as cheap and that is a terrible prospect for an enterprise cio has to buy hardware and software oh yes because and as she's contemplating that purchase she's thinking oh I'm going to buy this and I'm not even going to get a chance to write it down or de depreciate it before it's no longer state of the art. So one of the roles that we play now as, you know, enhanced services providers, people who provide CCAS and UCAS and CPAS or CXPAS type services is, is acting as a general contractor for all these technologies so that the customer doesn't have to, enterprise customer doesn't have to bear the blunt of 
taking as their own general contractor and swapping out technologies every six months. We do that for them now. So it takes a lot of searching out of what used to be a beleaguered CIO's job. Uh, you know, it, it, and, and it makes it more predictable, right? So, yeah, but there has to be willingness on the heart. Oh, yeah. That's a bit and a service provider to do that. And I mean, that's what we do at Next Eva. I mean, we, we basically step up and provide that overarching, you know, general contractor kind of role to, to keep customers future-proofed. And it's fearful to, to think that you're going to fall out of favor and not be as good with your customers because the technology that you're using is too old to keep up. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Well, I guess that's one of the arguments for cloud-based. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, hearkening back to my pre-retirement days, you know, I, I regularly run into people that says, you know, you have a Windows Server 2012. Um, you need to either go to the cloud or upgrade that thing because that is a security risk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And it, but it's frightening for them, right? Like, it works. I'm not sure I can upgrade it successfully. I might not have the skill sets. The person installed it is gone. Uh, you know, it's, and so it's just a frightening aspect. So yeah, we've, I, I ran into that a lot of times in a more general situation of just, just, you know, people have old stuff, including me. I had old stuff too. Yeah. Oh, and it can be scary. Well, the other thing that could be scary is staying ahead of, you know, these things that I call nitro trends, right? Um, I mean, the, the ones that I'm tracking very, very closely are number one, a confluence of all these different customer experience disciplines, right? I mean, you look at UTAS, okay, and, and collaboration, you know, video collaboration. Mm-hmm. That's that's beginning to 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 bump into or merge into uh CCAS or you know contact center as a service. And the confluence of these is is causing a lot of disruption because, you know, do I pick two separate vendors for that? Or do I can you know, what right. do I ride? It might have both of them so that I can you know, reduce the number of vendors that I'm that I'm dealing with. So, you know, and then there's also this thing called um, CX Pass, Customer Experience Platform as a Service. Probably too many letters in that acronym, <laughs> but uh, but you know, the idea of being able to build your own CX system based on microservices that are exposed with you know basic RESTful APIs. You know, we do this now. You know, but we have all three of these things. I mean, we represent the nexus of the merger of those different technologies is one of the things that we decided we were going to do. In fact, back at Rio, we created a, uh, a, a CX platform as service and our first reference app on top of it, it being basically the seabed of REST API capable microservices. The first thing we wrote from an application level on top of it was a call center application. Nice. But under the hood, it's really a completely decomposable API accessible platform. And if you don't have that right now, you're really behind the eight ball. Yeah. Right. So we have a leg up because we're kind of mastering this confluence and we're, we're at the tip of the spear on this confluence. We're not, we're not behind it. Um, and then here's the other thing, and you've seen this happen over the past couple of decades, you've witnessed it yourself. And that is consumers. They're a wily beast now. <laughs> They're, I mean, they're much smarter technically. Um, they, demographically, they fall out into many different demographic cohorts where they each demand different types of channels, whether it's WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or phone or chat, depending on their age, typically. Yeah. Right. And 
they're crowdsourcing their buying decisions, going to the web to figure out where it should buy and listening to, to so-called influencers and for self-publishing. I mean, they have turned customer service upside down because they have way more power now. So because consumers are smarter and increasingly demanding, a lot of the enterprises, if they don't have these more modern CX kind of technologies, they're behind the eight ball. Oh boy. I mean, they're struggling to keep up. But that second megatron is, is of, of utmost importance. It, it's And then, you know. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I literally had to spend half an hour on the phone, like, you know, I, my cell phone, but still a phone, trying to get a customer contact person to solve a problem the other day that couldn't be solved online. And, yeah. and it was maddening. It was like, this could be fixed if you just had a smarter system, you know? Well, yeah, at the very least, if, if the agent himself or herself had, you know, like Shelf.io or some other knowledge-based system so that when the person comes in, yeah. they're carrying with them context from the previous part of the transaction so that it automatically triggers a knowledge-based article to be popped up in front of the agent so that the agent can navigate that discussion with intelligence, right? I mean, something is that simple. Um, but a lot of these uh, older, you know, contact centers with the older technology just, 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 they're unable to keep up oh. with it. Oh, it's less and less, the less megatrend. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's, 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 it's vitally important is, is the proliferation of AI technology. Yes. I mean, there are literally now thousands of AI vendors, each of them touting their own way of solving your automation problems with AI. Right. But I'll, I'll tell you this, Tom, I really believe that. The adults in the room are the ones that say, look, let's focus on the use case. Let's focus on the, the transaction that needs to be aided here and figure out a judicious balance between AI and high touch, you know, human uh, effort. I, I, I don't think it's one or the other now. I think that you really have to concentrate on the journey itself, concentrate on the problem at hand and then decide depending on the makeup of the customer, their cohort, depending on what the problem is, whether or not you go 100% automated with AI or whether you you know, have a journey that is segmented where maybe it, it starts out with uh, AI and then goes to a human and goes back again. We do that too, incidentally. That whole round trip, I, I think, is, is vitally important. But we're not, you know, we're not, remember the old Seinfeld uh, Stand up for tea where he goes, I don't understand about these soda companies. <laughs> you, know, you got people dancing in the streets saying, We got soda, we got soda. He goes, I just can't figure it out. It's just plenty you know, fizzy uh, soap water. <laughs> um, and and it's like that with AI. There's so many vendors all of them saying, We have AI, we have AI. And it's just not good enough. You know, yeah. it's having AI, having even generative AI is not good enough. It's the it's the worthy application yes. of it. In a specific use case that moves the needle of productivity, yeah. that really counts. And that's what, you know, that's, we, we think the adult ones are the ones that are pushing that. I mean, I, I, just speaking for ourselves, we're very long on humans. We love humans. <laughs> that's good to hit. Yeah. We don't think you could run a legitimate contact center. Uh, totally agree. Without some human beings. Totally agree. But they need to be on fancy. Yes. They need agent assist technology that makes their job yeah. more livable, that makes the journey with the customer more. You know, it, it's funny you say that because 30 years ago when I was working with uh, some groups that were doing AIN, with the, uh, Advanced Intelligent Network, not Artificially Intelligent, but AIN, the assumption was by the execs, you know, the powers that be that, oh, we can take an entry-level telephone operator 
and they can design an AIN service uh, on the fly that's individual for each customer who's requesting a service, and it'll be great. And it turned out it was not great, and it was not doable, and it was not scalable. And in the end, you needed human programmers to really come in for the advanced intelligent network modular design. It was modular, but it still needed a programming mentality, a human being, to you know put some logic and coherence and creativity and management that you know a person that's not trained in that just can't see and won't do. Yeah, well, I think in closing. You know, I can say that we believe the future is very bright. Um, you know, there are uh, customers out there that really want to change uh, their own corporate behavior, their own uh, ability to stand up to the customer for yeah. the customer what they need. More and more enterprises are now trying to look at the customer as central to their operation, not just because they have more power now, but because you know, in the end, it makes more sense to 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 have an affinity with your customer. It's going to help you to do a better job, and then you know, it's going to help to sustain your business. So, and you know, there's all kinds of technologies that you can go with this thing, but you want to pick a vendor that understands the human touch and understands the domain. Yeah. You know, it wants to immerse themselves in your domain and understand the use case. Yeah. Hey, listen, and I know you have to run. I'm sorry to keep you long. Um, oh, no worries. This was so great speaking with you and, and learning from you, as I always do when I speak with you. Even the last time I spoke, it was over 20 years ago. I, look, I'd be very happy to join you again. Yes, please. Sure. Let's do this more often than every 20-something years. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, you take care. I know you're busy. Talk to you later. So Bye. Bye-bye.